between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. praise tonight. Father, we worship you. We bless your name. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for, for uh, how you are, you are leading us. We thank you, Father, for how you are, you are helping us. So be thou exalted, be thou glorified. Father, we worship you. Father, we give you all the praise tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We ask, Lord, that as we go into the word tonight, we ask, Father, that you would help us, that we will find grace in your sight. We want to fetch your thought, Father, to, to listen to your voice. We ask, Father, that you will bless every heart tonight even to, to connect your voice, to connect your thought, to connect your spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for how you have been leading us in the world. We thank you for the mercy you've shown us. Father, we ask tonight for more mercy in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, have mercy on us. Guide us by your spirit. Let there be a release of your spirit for each and every one of us tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I come under you tonight. I come under your spirit. I ask for mercy. I ask, Father, that you would guide my thought. You would guide my tongue. That you make my tongue the tongue of a ready writer. I ask, Lord, that you would take my will. I submit my will to you. I submit totally. I come under you. I come under your spirit. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped and prayed. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I welcome everyone tonight. Now just say hello to your neighbor. tonight. Amen. Amen. And uh, tonight we have uh, someone in our midst. I want to just say hello to Auntie Delight. Delight. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. 
just uh, welcome you and uh, we hope you'll be blessed. Amen. Amen. Um, I see we are just, uh, you know, young people. We, we are. We don't have a proper. We don't have a proper proper easy ministerial training. <laughs> I see we are. We are. We are quack doctors. Yeah. Amen. But uh, we trust in God for mercy tonight. Amen. Amen. So we welcome you and uh, welcome everyone here as well. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Um, let's open the book of Second uh, Peter chapter 1. We'll just open that for now. I know that's where we, we have been settling a bit. And hoping we'll graduate from there. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, before we continue, this, um, can someone please quickly help us with last meeting? Amen. Mm-hmm. Just a quick recap and a quick summary. Amen. Just, just, just to get uh, our heart uh, together. Amen. Mm-hmm. Does anybody want to quickly help us with a, with a quick summary? Amen. If only we can interpret that tongue. <laughs> Amen. It's like she decided to give us a summary. I'll give it to to quick recap. Amen. Yes, thank you. Um, I believe we spoke a lot on faith last time. Yes. You spoke a lot about how in the beginning. There was faith in Adam, mm. but then as man degenerated in the soul, there was um, there now had to be um, God now had to like institute faith again, mm. and that that's where. But like in the, in the beginning, there was nothing like Adam already had faith in him, yes, or in him. But then the reason why we're teaching us faith now is because of the state of the soul. Yeah. And that the first faith, the faith, there's two faiths. There's the faith towards God yes. and the faith of the Son. Yeah. And that the faith towards God, the purpose of the faith towards God is to turn us to God. Yes. So, but, and then the faith, um, the purpose of the faith of the Son is to move us to God. Mm, that's what you said. Yes. And that so um when we turn to God, that's why there's that first part because man has lost faith. Mm. So there's that God has to institute that first part, which is like the Mark eleven faith. Yes. Kind of teaching us how to now believe in God, mm. teaching us like the beginning, beginning of faith. Then yes. as we journey on in in that faith towards God, yeah. we come to the place of the faith of the Son. Which was the faith that was in Jesus Christ. So, mm. and that faith of the Son is now to move us. Since we've already turned to God, yes. we're now going to move to God, oh God. because yeah. God wants us to move towards Him. And the movement comes in the form of, I think you said, knowledge. Yes. So the movement brings the the faith of the Son brings the knowledge. Yes. So when we when we begin mm. to so the the purpose of the first faith is to make us to turn to see God yes but then the purpose of the second faith is to make us to know God yes because God wants to be known yes and the knowledge is looking at I think you define the knowledge as not just the the 
Like it's not just the way we define knowledge as just to know something. Yes. But then the trans there has to be the transfer of the essence mm. of God yes. into us. So as we are learning the faith, mm. there is the there is that part of the learning of it where we come. But then it doesn't end there. I think that was the key for me that when, because for a long time I've defined knowledge as just the gathering of information, yeah. just getting the information. But then it's like the, the definition of knowledge now increased. It's like now broadening up. It's not just it's not just the gathering of the information. Yes. That um, information that God is giving us is He wants to use it to transfer His essence yes. to what into us, so that we would have um, faith. So I think that was just the summary yes. of that I got from that yeah. and from last time. It was more faith. Yes. Amen. Thank you so much for the for the recap. Thank you. Uh, I think that captured. Um, um, I think yes. that captured everything. Yes. Amen. Amen. Does anybody have any question regarding regarding that? Mm-hmm. Even from our last meeting, no question. Any questions so far? Amen. Amen. Okay. So even if we're not here, we, I think we have a, a picture of uh, where we are coming from. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, I think I'll read Second uh, Peter 1, and I think I'll kind of go from there. So verse 1 says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue. So whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by this ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Amen. Um, I think that's where we've been getting the inspiration from, really, from things we've been saying. And I kind of... we've, We've been really, really talking about faith a lot, um... I think because we started talking about the milk of the word, right? And from milk of the word, we understand that there are things that God has set in place for us concerning the milk of the word for our growth, right? According to First Peter 1, which says that desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow thereby, right? So the, the essence of milk of the word is for our growth because God is intentional about growth, Right. And spiritual growth is of 
it's, I mean, it's not, an, it's, not, it's not an option. It's the design in the spirit whereby everybody is supposed to grow in God. Amen? So it's not, I mean, the reason for being a, a Christian is not just so that we can get so many things done for us by God, even though God do answer our prayers concerning things. But that's not the primary reason for Christianity. And one of the things that will be evident through scriptures is that Christianity is, is really is a standard of life. When you talk about being a Christian, it's just a life standard. And God has set that standard right from the beginning. Amen. Amen. So we fell out of that standard as a result of um, is it well as a result of sin, pretty much, right? So sin entered into the world, right? And then as a result, we began to uh, degenerate over time. And then you know, we started talking about and we're using that degeneration to explain the reason for faith being uh, removed from the soul. So faith that was there in the beginning, that you don't need to teach Adam. Adam does not need to believe God for you know, natural things. Now you need to teach us again those things. So it's a part of God restoring us back to our initial state. Amen. Because there's that state that Adam was is a standard, right? Man is not meant to go below that. We're supposed to increase, right? So Adam, Adam should be the judgment for every soul, right? So there is a, there's the, the Adamic state, right? Is what every every soul should look like. So so when they are checking in the spirit, man, 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 what they want to see is an Adam. Amen. So and. What an Adam really means is a life that is above the flesh. Amen. So a life that is above what you can see. Right? A life that is above um, just the natural and the ephemeral. Life that is, is, is a spiritual life. Amen. So it's a standard. And that's the standard that all men should come into. And that standard has not left. It's still there. Even when we become Christians, we're supposed to grow up to that standard of life. Amen. Now, and we begin to see, you know, like, just traces of those lives as we begin to come into the knowledge of God. Amen. Because now when you look at Adam, like, the things that God told Adam to do, or the things that God, the things given to Adam were based on the life that is inside him. In the sense that his dealings was more of knowledge, is knowledge-based. Right? Adam is a spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And he has a soul that lives in a body. So Adam is called a living soul. So Adam is a living soul. Right? Just as First Corinthians, I believe 15, mentioned that the first Adam, right, is a living soul. So that living soul is a high estate in the spirit. So living, living soul is a soul that does not depend on the natural for life. Amen? Now, living, living soul does not need to think. Living soul does not, how do I put it? Okay. Most of the issues we have daily today is below living soul standard. Because now, these days, we see many, you know, worried about um, what am I going to eat? Okay, what will I become? 
right? I want to become a person. Well, I mean, I don't know. There's something I'm hearing in my head that your binds. Came in a meaning I want to be someone. Amen. Amen. Yes, I want to be someone in life. You no, know, all those kind of things. Those are those are actually falling falling thoughts. They are not. They are not the thought for a living soul. Now, what Satan is doing over time is he began to reduce men, right, by giving them thought that is lower than the than the standard of life, right, that they ought to that they, they ought to live. Now, if they ask each and every let's say if they ask Adam now, what Adam, what's your duty? Well, what God told me is one, name animals. Okay, two. I should learn the tree of life. Finish. Right? Now, of course, that name animals is just more like, it's like, I, I, don't, I won't even consider that is, is, is a, what's it called? Is primary vocation. I would say it's just one of those things because the reason why he had to do that is because he had dominion over the earth. Right? So because he had dominion over the earth, um, he, has, he has a say concerning things that should be. Right? So when, and God told him, take dominion, right? Subdue the earth, have dominion. So he has the right to actually name animals. Right? So pretty much it's also like, Adam is almost like a designer too, that began to design, okay, animals. Okay, let me put this one, let me set this one here. So it's almost like a, he's a gardener, he's a designer. In short, look at all the profession that we have in this world today. It's just like Adam. Just, it's just one, one man. Right? He's an architect, he's a, he's a gardener, he's a... He's a knowledge he's everything. Amen. So it's actually out of the, the... All the profession we see today is actually a cut out of the life that is in Adam. So where they, Because all those things that you see today is because men look into the soul, they fetch it out, they begin to replicate it. And then they, were, they began to use that to live. And, then, and that's where Satan, you know, now come into it, whereby he now began to change the knowledge of those things. Now, normally, you're not supposed to fetch it out and use it to live and depend on it. Right? So the life inside Adam was meant to just, it should just be there. But what should be in Adam is the knowledge of God, because that was his sole purpose. Right? And then, in the cool of the eve, you see uh, God just come strolling to the garden. Adam, what's now? What's going on? And like, ah, ah, God, Baba God, Afana, I do <laughs> everything there. I mean, you see, I've just I've named like ten animals today. Uh, you see that one? It's, it's called the. I don't know. It's not even like, maybe lion. Let's call it lion, shall? Mm-hmm. See that one? I just, I just, I just, you know, give lion name today. Mm-hmm. Monkey, I mean, they, and they, are look, they look good. I say, well done, well done, Adam. Hey, okay, you know what? Let's go to the you know, course of today. So there is, today's course, you see that tree? Wow. See that tree? You know, there's, there's a fruit there today. So that fruit is called... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I, mean, I don't even know what, what name to call the fruit. <laughs> because the, those fruits, right, and that, that tree, the tree in the garden called the tree of life. It's called the tree of life for a reason. We mean that tree has all the knowledge of life of God. So that tree has that tree contains everything about the knowledge of God. So that tree contains everlasting life. 
That tree contains eternal life. So Adam was meant to just read that tree, learn it, then begin to eat it, chew it. And then when you chew it, then it becomes the fruit, becomes a nature inside him. Amen. And then it will come fully into the knowledge of God. But unfortunately, it's not a shortcut to knowledge. Because the tree of good and evil, I removed the knowledge there, because the tree is actually called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So what that tree archives is knowledge. Amen. So what that tree is holding is knowledge. Amen. Amen. So, that tells us that the living soul is a knowledge-based soul. The way God deals with with a living soul is by knowledge. Even though a living soul is a spirit. Right? Now, but what makes it living is the knowledge. So, a soul can't live without knowledge. Because this, the, the, way, the, way, the way the soul is designed is the, the soul should contain knowledge and out of that knowledge form natures. Or the, the nature in the soul is a combination of knowledges. Amen. And Satan is not using, notice that Satan is not using any other tactics to get the soul apart from knowledge. Is knowledge. Satan does not deal with anything when it comes to the soul apart from knowledge. So it is it is a is a battle of knowledge for knowledge. So Satan can't just come today and you know the way we you know back from home now we know all these scary scary things now. When we see witches and wizards and they come and you know torment us, we think that's the that's the what we are fighting. <laughs> Epic, you know. And then when we win those kind of battles, we will be we are usually happy. Say, ah, See, last night, the Lord woke me up at 3 a.m. And I prayed. Ah! The Lord showed me about, you know, some spirit, evil spirit. They were coming to fight me, imagine. Then I stood up against them. Ah! The Lord says they will gather. Ah! And we raise a standard against them. And the Lord, we had victory yesterday. I mean, I mean even all those things exist and it's awesome, yeah. right? But that's not, that's Satan's, Satan's intent is much, 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 much more than that. Right, because what Satan really is aiming for and is gunning for is to begin to raise natures on the earth. That's that's and the definition of living soul is nature. When you see, when you see living soul, when you see nature, so it's nature, right, that you see in the soul. So when you see a human being living alive and walking and moving, and what you just see is just the, the it's just expression of natures, and those natures is actually a is is is, is a. How do I put it? The, those nature is, a, is, 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 is the put together or how do I put that? Is the, just say, is the adding together of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I mean, you hardly see somebody that likes eating bread when they have no knowledge of bread. Yeah. And the knowledge there really is not even just knowing that there's bread. The knowledge there is that you have seen the bread. Ah, let me try it. You carry the bread. You pieces it into, into pieces, and, like, and then you taste it, and now notice that, ah, there's something in this bread. This bread is sweet, though. That's the knowledge there. Mm. 
Right? So, so the knowledge in there is, how do I put it? It's actually pleasure. So when the soul identifies a pleasure, like, ah, that's a knowledge. So in a way, pleasure is a knowledge for the soul. And, and you now notice that the soul can't, can't do without pleasure. What we are all looking for every day is just pleasure. Something that must satisfy, okay, today let's be happy. And then, and Satan, well, let me put it, and the, 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 the pleasure that we ought to have is actually the knowledge of God. Because that knowledge is of eternal and everlasting nature. And the soul in itself, I, I know we mentioned this before, like the soul in itself is a, is, 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 how do I put it, is a, the soul is, is the, the fabric they used to make the soul is everlasting in nature, or let's say it's, 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 it's what's that word? It's expandable. You can expand, you can stretch it. And, and, we, and the funny thing is you can keep stretching that, the knowledge in this, you can keep stretching the soul and stretch and stretch and stretch it, stretch it to the, to the, it contains the whole galaxy. It will still not be enough. Because that's just the design of the soul. The only thing that is designed to actually satisfy the soul is the knowledge of God. Because it's the only one that you can't contain. You can't contain his knowledge. You can't search it out. So when you look at God and you look at the soul, they are compatible. It means that they can be transferred of life from God to the soul. The soul can take, the soul can eat. The soul can... The soul can find pleasure in God forever. Right? So that's the only thing that can satisfy the soul. Right? So it says, in thy presence there is fullness of joy, but on thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. So that pleasure is, is almost, it's an everlasting pleasure. You can't, you, can't, you can't finish it. You can't stop it. You can't end it. That is the only thing that can satisfy the soul. But Satan is, is a wicked human being. Not human being. Satan is a wicked being. <laughs> Satan is a wicked being. What he's doing is, is shortchanging the, intent, the, the, the original life for something inferior. So what he's teaching men now is the knowledge of things that you will take now. And, and then it will satisfy. Well, satisfy yeah? well it, will, it, would, it will give a little bit of joy to the soul for, for a few seconds. No, I mean, that few seconds can be weak, so. You know? But to the soul, it's just a few seconds. So, it is, the, the, the soul, when you, when you are giving it to the soul, what the soul loves doing is, it loves to assess, analyze, review. So, when you give something to the soul, the soul would look at it, take it, eat it up, finish all the pleasure inside, and then throw you the bone. Please, I need more. And that's why you now begin to see men everywhere begin to pursue things. Mm-hmm. You, you will never, until Jesus comes, you never see men stopping to go and look for things. You will not see them. They won't stop. They, men cannot stop searching. They can't. Even that's why you see science is very curious. Science is just using the nature of the soul. So they just find, they, they look for something that could, in a way, maybe address the curiosity. You don't notice that the more they search, the more they know that, ah, we don't know. Yeah. And, the more they are, they, and the more they are interested to find out. Mm-hmm. Because 
when the soul begin, when the soul discover mystery, that's it. Forget it. Mystery is is the food for the soul. But you now begin to see Satan begin to cover out things. You see kinds of men. See all kinds of men you see on the earth is is Satan trying to just raise a kind of soul, a kind of man. He knows that inside the soul, the soul loves mystery. Okay, don't worry. Let me give you a vocation, science. Start learning mystery because the main purpose of science is actually to demystify things, right? Oh, what is the science behind healing? They start researching, okay, how the body heals. Oh, what is the science behind the, the galaxy? Okay, let's start researching the galaxy. You now see all kinds of research everywhere. You just souls spending themselves. But those things can never satisfy. It can't. Because the soul is not designed to live in knowledge below the life of God. Even for a soul, for a living soul to, le- to try and be learning itself is a problem. Because a living soul then begin to learn flesh. And that's what Satan is doing. Satan wow. took the life in the soul. Now he now highlighted it in the flesh. That is, you know the soul is higher than the flesh. The soul is higher than the flesh. The soul is, is exalted above the flesh in, 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 the, in the making of man. So, Satan now taking the life in the soul and then putting it in the flesh. And let's say, you know what, see this life, oh. Chase after it. Look after it. This, this thing is life. And it could be a little bit enticing to the soul because the soul, what it goes for, what it goes for is life. Okay, I think this thing was taken out of me. Just, I'm able to see it clearly. Hmm, maybe I can leave it. Then it will learn it. Hey, you wear my watch today. Then it will learn it. Amen. And then it will try to leave it out. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, the reason why I'm, I'm going in this direction is because I'm, I'm trying to just, that area of knowledge. I felt maybe I should talk about it a little bit with regards to faith, right? The, the purpose for faith and the aspect of knowledge. Amen. So the, the, operating, system, the operating system for the soul, work, is based on knowledge entirely. Amen? Amen. And then you now begin to see in scripture where they begin to talk about knowledge. Knowledge. In short, when you go through scriptures, you notice that one thing it is pointing to is knowledge. Right? When you, when you, when you, when you read Genesis to... Uh, mm, when you read Genesis, what you see there is knowledge, pretty much. Because it's telling you about creation. Right? Then then... Then he began to see Exodus, Numbers, all these things, talking about the journey of Israel. And all those things were actually a type. God was actually creating was, or carving out a kind of knowledge that would be useful for us in the future. Yes, Amen. And the funny thing that has happened is that, see, see all those books, Exodus, and Numbers, Leviticus, we don't understand them. And that's the sad truth. But... In the time of that, God allowed it that, okay, we could read it, find a good story out of it, yeah. right? Learn the lesson from it, and then try to model our life after it. Yeah. You'll notice that the idea there is still about living and also living a proper life. So you'll notice that 
the whole journey of being a Christian is not just, okay, I read the story of Agai today. Or I read the story of Jacob today. Jacob had faith. We all should be faithful too. Have faith. God will, you know, notice that by the time we've learned the real picture. Okay, faith. Yes, learn faith. What can, I, what can you now use that faith to get? And that's where things be, becomes a little bit murky. In the sense that because the soul is not elevated above the natural, so when he sees those kind of life that is coming like that, the only place he can install it is, okay, this spiritual life has to be expressed somewhere. Where? 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 I, 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 well, the, the easiest way to see it is the natural. Okay, you know what? I'm learning faith. Okay, that means I can use faith to get things I want. The scripture says get it. Mark eleven twenty four. Whatever, whatever, however. Okay, let's start using it. And it works. It works well until it stops working. Amen. Amen. And when it stops working, it's a sign that God is telling you that, see, eh, I think, I think you've, you've, you've circled this mountain enough. There is, you've learned all you can learn here. It's time to grow up. Then start learning another kind of faith. So see this faith you are learning that you are using to pull things in the natural and is answering for you, you can actually use it for another kind of life. You can actually pull things differently from what you've been pulling. Amen. The same way you have faith and you can pray for money to come and money came, you can also use the same faith to begin to call for spiritual things. Because what I really want to give you is my life. But you can't learn that life without faith. There's a way to learn that life, and there's a way I can give it to you. It's true knowledge. Because the core, even though man is a tripartite being, right? Spirit, soul, body. The spirit doesn't function by knowledge. That's all I wanted to say. I think I can say that. The spirit doesn't function by knowledge, Right? The soul is a world of knowledge. The body is not really, really a world of knowledge. Because the body is, is a slave to the soul. So whatever knowledge is in the, in the soul, the, the body is just excited to express it. And the body does not need your permission. As long as it can be found in the soul, it does not need your permission. Just, uh, it's there, just that... If, if maybe at the back of your mind, someone, 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 big, no, there's a knowledge of being or having an edge, always having an edge above the others. You just know naturally that the way you think, the way you behave, the way you do things is just always likely to have edge. Yeah? Even so, when you are praying and you are in you are in a company and you have like maybe you have there are maybe like ten Christians there. You would pray and want to be the CEO and want God to answer that prayer. So that you can tell them, say, I prayed. The Lord answered me. Maybe, maybe let's now say that maybe the answer was not prayer, but we'll never hear anything. <laughs> because if we just died there, okay, then we'll look for another way to express. But not that what they had to just be looking for is just, let me go and do that thing, let me go and do that thing, let me, do that. Let me, just, let me just go and do it. So, and the, the body will not ask for permission. 
That's why some things we just do naturally. Just before before we even think it has happened. Ah! Yeah. Ah! God forgive me for I have sinned. I mean, I mean, I was with Catholics. Well, I got, I went to a Catholic school, so I know about confession. So any time you you sin, you have to go and see Father, and then the you usually start like this: Father, forgive me for I have sinned. Then speak, my child. What have you done? <laughs> Amen. So you now notice that if, if that is the just that we are just confessing every day, every day, every day, every day. And the funny thing is that the system is even structured in such a way that it's almost as if there's a particular time of the week you must come and confess every week. Because I think there's, there's an understanding that we are not perfect, we can never be perfect, and we are, we are sinning daily, so let's, let's, let's make room. <laughs> so come, confess, so that if God come now, you are okay, because you have confessed your sin, right? There's an understanding around that area, but of course, I can't speak particularly about it. But I'm just using that idea of, you know, confession every day, every, every week, which, which, which speaks about there's an issue in the body. There's an issue in the soul, right, which just getting born again can't solve, right? Because when we get born again, part of those Problems or part of the issue in the soul is corrected, but not all of it is addressed. And the reason is because you don't, the way a spirit receives something is not the way a soul receives something. Amen. Or let me put it this way a spiritual man, right, receives something faster than a natural man. Amen. And that is why normally it takes longer. To actually learn God's life. Right? Then when we become spiritual, there are some things that we begin to learn faster. Learn faster. Because there are landmarks in the scripture that even talks about these things. Because you notice that when knowledge is growing, then in Ephesians chapter 3, then it began to talk about comprehending with all the sins. What is the length, depth, you know, breadth and height? Right? Length, depth. You know. I'm, trans- I'm translating... Into is it math that we know? Okay, length, breadth, length, breadth, width, then height, right? But what scripture talks about is the length, the breadth, the depth, the height, right? It's just talking about fullness of fullness in the, like just dimensions co- coming to fullness that in all, all or let's say all round, you've come into a fullness of a knowledge, and as a result. You can then comprehend with all the saints. Right? So there's a mark of knowledge in there. And then after that, right, we can grow, grow higher and then start learning life of God again. Right? And then we keep learning, we keep learning until we come into the brightness of His person. Right? So the express image, the brightness of His glory, we come into the brightness of His glory. So that brightness, you know. In a sense, right, I'm seeing more like there's also a knowledge in there, right? Because when you talk about, you know, when you say someone is bright, that's a bright guy, right? Smart. It's bright, bright. So it can, it can, it can take things faster. Amen. So those are just landmarks. So 
the issue of knowledge is of importance. And because I know the reason why I'm saying this is because you know there's always been that question when we say knowledge, knowledge. So when will we? When will we? When will we? Mm. One day we will. <laughs> But I think the attitude there is n- no, not just putting it off because we can't see the end, mm. right? Because we can't actually see the end. And we are trying to use our natural eyes to see something that is spiritual. And most especially because of the nature of this. So imagine we are trying to learn meekness. And then today you say, I have come into the power of God. Mm. Right now, they've given me a name. <laughs> I don't think so. And but of course, we can't say that particularly because of the I'll say the limitations of the present. But when we come into the knowledge of God as we should, then we we'll know that okay, we are journeying, we are moving forward. There are things we are learning. We are, and the most important thing is this. We are changing. Amen. Amen. And the the aim of the scripture or the gospel is to ensure that a knowledge is passed on to a people. And as a result, these people can then come into great and precious promises. Because the way, the only way you can get to the precious promises of God is by coming into a kind of knowledge. And that's what Peter is telling us here. That, Because you notice, I mean, when we quote these scriptures, because I know when I was younger, when, I, when you hear promise, promise, ah, God's promise, God's promise, honestly, the only thing I think about is, okay, God has promised me that my life will be good. That's it. So when I hear promise, God's promise, God, I don't associate that with anything spiritual. There's always, when I hear promise, there's always, hmm, I'm going to be a rich person. Mm. That's it. Even though in some area we get, we get the promises right, where we say, oh, God has promised us good health. Let's pray for good health. Okay. Awesome. God has promised us um, um, healing. We receive our healing by faith. <laughs> you know, all those things. So we can use faith to get those things. But Anything beyond that, you know, notice that we don't, we don't use, we don't think about promise concerning things spiritual. Or we think it's just natural. Anytime we are trying to just go into the spirit to receive something, somehow, somehow, something will just come. And then it just, it just end here in the, on, the, on the earth. Just somehow, just end there. We can't journey further. We can't think, we can't, we can't think beyond the natural. And it's Satan that did that. Because, and or, or let me say that work, and it's not a day work. Something is something that he has he has been working on men for generations. That see, don't think spiritual, don't think higher, don't even think about learning God. When you think about God and think about God coming to you, just think about what God can do for you here. Yeah. It it, that's how he has raised men, and then and we carry that to be born again. Or before you even get born again, that's how we have been thinking. Why? Because we are looking into the natural. Okay. Okay, our vocation is how can we explore this? Act? And the, the, the problem bothering every soul, forget anything else. Most problem bothering every soul is this. I need to eat. I need to, uh, to wear clothes. Then what else? Then I need to be important. I need to, I need to have them plenty. 
I think that's it, pretty much. I need to have clothes. I need to be able to eat. I need to have them plenty. Because I need to have them plenty results in I need to have a lot of money. I need to have a house. Or now see different, different things that begin to come. And that's what we go for, right? Nothing about God. Nothing about my Savior, my Maker. Or when we even think about my Maker, we think, ah, my Maker that provides for me. My love, my God. Ah, Lord, I will forever serve you. Why? Because we are seeing what he's doing for us. And we forget that you see in scripture different places where they talk about growth. If, if there's nothing, even first Peter said that you might grow thereby. Right? So everything it's about growth. So let's say we get born again and our eyes are open. Oh, we can talk to God for this. Ah, thank God I need this, please provide. But you notice that when we're not growth focused, we won't think beyond just okay. God can provide for me. We tried the first time, we tried the second time. Maybe when we let, actually learned it was when we were actually in need. And we learned it. Ah, this thing works so. It's awesome. Then you now notice that after a while, they will begin to use it to chase after our lust. Because we get comfortable. We've learned the faith, we've learned the life. Right? And I wouldn't, I wouldn't really, really call it a life. Because in this scripture here, yeah, it has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. But we've not come into the knowledge of life. Because it says here, through the knowledge of him. Amen? Yeah. Right? I said, whereby given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by this man be partakers of his divine nature... Let me read before then. Verse 3 says, According as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Right? So, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. So the way we can come to life and godliness is through the knowledge of him. Amen. And then we see earlier in verse, verse 2, where we began to pray. And it says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge. Amen. Amen. Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus. They are not the same. But of course, when we read this, we, we, we kind of, you know, get a picture of, okay, God and Jesus, you know, Jesus is God. So, of course, Jesus is God, right? But we need to understand what the scripture is talking about. Because they, they were not, the people that were writing, writing this scripture were not foolish and stupid. Mm-hmm. They could have just written through the knowledge of God and forget about Lord Jesus Christ. So, there's a reason why they began to separate those things, and the reason is because, see, all this, before they write this epistle, or let me put it this way, all the epistle is different from the Gospels. Right? In the sense that you notice that the epistles were geared towards growing believers. But when you read the Gospels, you notice that even though inside the Gospel, you find the words of Jesus that talks about growth and many things, Right? When it talks about, you know, where I go, I go to a place, I prepare a place for you, where I am, you might be also, and we have no clue what he's saying, right? All those things that he was saying, yeah. you need the epistle to dissect those ones. Mm-hmm. But let's leave those gospels, let, let, let's just, let's say, let's say the, the book of Acts, mm-hmm. 
When you look at the book of Acts, you see the Acts of the Apostle. Now, those, that book, you notice that they didn't talk much about the letters of the Apostle or what they were really about. What the act is about is pretty much acts, things they did. And the things they did were more about healing, getting people born again. Um, what else? Well, where is the dead? Right? But you wouldn't see things that specifically begin to instruct people on how to grow. Right? Then when you now move into the epistles, they now begin to see where they now begin to emphasize knowledge. Knowledge. You need knowledge. You need knowledge. You need knowledge. Amen. Amen. Now, the area I want to quickly talk about before we close because of time that I found, time has gone, is the, the soul, the spirit. Let me start from the spirit. The spirit, like I said earlier, is not a knowledge being. Once, when we get born again, all the knowledge that we actually need to know is inside the soul. Sorry, inside the spirit. So the spirit is Christ. But one thing we should also notice that the spirit is not God yet. But what God wants for every soul is for a soul to come into the knowledge of God. Right? So in our spirit... We are, or let me say, inside the spirit, there's the, there's the, there's the promise, there's the design of eternal life. Amen. Or let me say, inside the spirit, the spirit is Christ. And because the spirit is Christ, it can learn eternal life. Right? That's when you now see in, is it John? Let me actually read it. First John chapter, because I think the only thing we've read is Peter. First John chapter, first John chapter five, and I read from verse hmm, verse thirteen, and it says, "These things." Have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God? And when you read this statement, it seems, it seems confusing, isn't it? It's almost as if he say you have it, you don't have it. How? He said, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. That ye may know that ye have eternal life. And that ye may believe on the name, right, of the Son of God. But he's saying to them that I have written unto you because you have, to you that believe on the name. But he's not saying that, that you may believe on the name of the Son. Right? So when we read that statement, it may seem a little bit confusing, but it's not. John is just using words by the Spirit to paint a life that sons of God need to come into. 
right? He's saying that, okay, you believe on the name of the Son. If you can come to this state, right, you will have eternal life. So I'm writing this thing to you so that you can now believe on the name. It's almost in a way telling them you need to actually continue your journey to get to a point where you believe on the name. When you now believe on the name, you can have eternal life. Right? So, something like ye have, that ye may know that ye have eternal life does not mean that they actually currently have it. It's almost as if he's prophesying to them. See, this, that you may know that ye have, right? If I interpret it, it's just layman's say that you may know that you can have eternal life. Amen? And in a way, it's referencing the, the provision in their spirit. Right? There's a provision in this. So when we get born again, there's a provision in our spirit, which is Christ. Right? And it is, it is Christ that will allow you to believe on the name of the Son. Because if you have not grown into Christ, you can't believe on the name. Amen. Praise the Lord. I think this one that I'm... During this area, let me just rewind, rewind back. Amen. Amen. So I'll just quickly rewind back. And in rewinding, I'll just put it simply. When we get born again, our spirit is Christ, which is um, true for all the truth we've known. When we know we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, we are uh, seated in heavenly places. I think we could tell some of those scriptures on, on Tuesday, uh, sorry, on Saturday. And those truths are truth in the spirit of a man. But they are not yet a reality in the soul. Because a soul has no... Has no or has very little knowledge of what is in the spirit. The provision that... when, When we get born again, and then we have the regeneration, Right? The regeneration of the spirit, right? And the renewing of the Holy Ghost. When we come into that, we are just receiving the provision of God in our spirit. So we can claim we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. All those truths are real and they are truths. But where the gap is, is in the reality in the soul. Amen. Those truth is not fully a reality in the soul. And the reason is because, like I mentioned earlier, the soul is a world of knowledge. When we get born again today, my soul, or in my knowledge, I have no clue. Right? I have no clue what the world is. I have no clue what lust is. I have no Because some of those things might be legitimate things that I believe. Right? Some people don't think white lie is a lie. They don't believe that if I, if I say a white lie is a lie. Or you don't believe me. I'm not, I'm not saying some people, I'm saying Christians. Not unbelievers. I know it's a, it's a common thing even with, you know, in the world where, you know, white lie, white lie. It's a common thing. So it's not a, it's not a big deal. Right? Or when we're about to do something and our spirit is telling us, I'm not there, I'm not there, 
and then our soul will go ahead and still do it. And then the, the spirit is already telling you, in my knowledge, see this thing you're about to do, I have no knowledge of it. Oh. And then we still go ahead. What we are technically saying, the spirit, what the soul is saying to the spirit is, I have no idea what is in there. All I know is what I'm just carrying on. <laughs> so if, if the spirit is going to have a conversation with the soul, it'll be like, see, it's not my fault. I did, see, this thing that you know, I did not know. What I knew is what I was doing. Right? And, and that's where, you know, it's, it's well, let me put it this way, that's where the, there's the, the demarcation in knowledge is. Whereby, you know, we have Christians that claim that, oh, when you get born again, everything has been done for you. You don't need to do anything. You just have to believe and it is. I mean, you have to believe and it is true, yes, for your spirit. But you can't just claim that in your soul because every single day, every time, you are going at your soul is disgracing you and me. I'm like, I see this thing, this thing. As in, I have no clue. Even though we, we we are praying, we are claiming, we are praying. You know what is that? The only time there's a change, or maybe we overcome something, is when we are, somehow we make our mind, I will not do this thing again. I have the righteousness. It's not the coating that I am the righteousness that solves the problem, right? What solves the problem is that there's a there's a change in will. Whereby we come to an agreement that this thing has to go. Okay. How do, okay. What has happened is that the soul, in a way or in a measure, has come into a form of knowledge about the situation and says that this thing that I'm doing is a problem. Therefore, I can at least try. Some level of that comes with getting born again. But it's not all because there are so many things we are doing that we have no clue that it is unrighteousness. Why? Because it has been embedded in the philosophy of men, right? It has been embedded in the tradition of men. It has been embedded in the rudiment of this world. All those things are now normal. So Satan has Satan put unrighteousness in the world and is teaching men to accept it as righteousness. So when we... Uh, Maybe it's do or say certain things. We just take it for well, no, it's not an issue. It's normal. And I mean, I I know not that okay. I know I know people believers that they will they will lie. They will lie. They know they are lying. Right? But they tell you it's business. <laughs> right. Oh, it's business now. You know you have to I'm like <laughs> but, but I'm like, okay. So the question is, or maybe a situation whereby maybe somebody asked and you didn't tell them, I'm like, maybe I'm not having a conversation, I'm like, okay, but this thing, but you know that you you are aware. It's not as if it's you are aware that this person is not going to see this thing there, right? Say so yes, ah, you know what, you just have to buy time, blah blah. I know it's business, don't worry. Ah. I'm like, ah. I'm like, so when I'm trying to understand, I'm like, you're a Christian, mm. but you can do this seamlessly without any issue. Mm. And if you ask that person, the person will tell you that, no, now ah, I live by faith. The person will be telling you, I live by faith. Mm. Be telling you about that, oh, that thing can never happen to me. I know God will make a way. Mm. Ah, it's the same person, and it's, it's, and it's the same person. Yeah. 
that is very unrighteous. Okay, it's, it's like this. You know, simple things as simple as maybe they, they are trying to sell a phone and they know that the phone has an issue. Yes. Right? Maybe something is broken in a way. So when they are posting it, and that is it, they, will not, they will not mention that that thing is broken. Okay, no problem. They didn't mention it in the post. No, the person came. You want to buy? Oh, okay. Is it good? Yes, it's good. They did not mention it that anything is broken. They buy it, they leave. And then the person, ah, wait, I bought this thing and it's not behaving. It's not. What's going on? Oh, yes. I think you just need to buy this and that. that should be <laughs> but wait, but you did not tell me that. <laughs> right? Something as innocent, well, it's not innocent. Something as simple as that. A believer may justify that action. And when you ask the person, you tell them, no, there's nothing wrong with it. No, don't fight with them. It's just that they've not realized something. And you can't, you, you can't break their head into it. It's a lack of, there's a, there's a knowledge missing in the soul. Right? And all these things are signs. There are, there are so many things not right with the soul. And the reason why the soul feels those kind of things is like that they are okay is because it has been taught to accept it as being okay. So there's a knowledge installed in the soul about things like that. Amen. So the major issue, the major problem in the soul has to do with knowledge. Knowledges. Amen. So when God is now looking to save us to the uttermost, when we get born again and the spirit is Christ, the soul is not yet the righteousness of God. Because the soul needs to learn righteousness. Amen. Now, when it comes to when, when, when coming to God, the first thing the soul would learn is righteousness. Well, before you start even thinking about inheriting my life, let's start with you learning righteousness. Amen. Amen. And because you need to learn righteousness, what, what, what do we need to learn righteousness? It's because we need to unlearn unrighteousness, which we have inherited and believe that it's a life. Amen. Amen. So, that is the reason God will now begin to teach us things concerning his own righteousness. And there's a way God will teach a soul is righteousness. The way God teaches a soul is righteousness is by teaching that soul faith. Amen. Now, this faith, this faith is different from the faith towards God, which Mark 11, 23, 24 teaches us. Amen. Now, I think I'm just, I'm, I'm picking up from that aspect of the two faith, right? Faith towards God and then faith of the Son. Now, the difference that I mentioned earlier was that faith towards God is a turning faith, right? Is the faith that turns us so that we can face God. We are facing towards God's direction. So when if a soul that is not facing God has, has no clue, what righteousness is. When that soul is now facing God and it wants to come to God, then that's, that soul needs to now learn what righteousness is. And that is the reason why God will now begin to teach a soul faith. Amen. 
now this faith is the faith of the Son of God. Amen. Amen. So let's read, because of time, we'll just read a few things, and I think maybe that will be it for today. Uh, let's read Romans chapter 1. Actually, let's read Hebrews. Hebrews 6. Let's start from there. Just so I can show us a, a roadmap. Amen. So in Hebrews 6 verse 1, it says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ... Let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptism and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Now, these things that they were, they were highlighting here are the things we learn in the milk of the word. Now, and the reason why Pete, not Pete, Paul began to speak about living these principles is because in chapter 5 he was talking to the Hebrews and he told them that they ought to be teachers, right? I read verse, verse 12 to, to 14 actually. It says, For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, Right? And I become as such, and I become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Right? So for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe. You notice that what is referencing here is righteousness. So for everyone that useth milk is unskillful. In the word of righteousness. Amen. For he is a babe. So what he's saying there is that a newborn babe, according to Peter, that should grow, has no skill in using righteousness. Right? He's unskillful in the word of righteousness. So which means a babe, because you are still using milk, you are not yet using righteousness. Right? Or you are not yet using meat. Amen. Because in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where Paul, okay, let's read it actually because of, maybe I may not talk too much about it, but because of time, I'll just, we'll just read them and then I'll try and round up. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Is this 2 Corinthians actually? Oh yeah, it's 1 Corinthians, sorry. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For either to you are not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. Right? So he's not talking to these Corinthians that are babes, that he had to feed them with milk, right? Because they are not yet ready for meat. Right? Because the next allocation after milk is the meat of the word. And the meat of the word is, the, is what we call the word of righteousness. Amen. So in Hebrews uh, six, uh, 5, 
it tells them that for everyone that uses milk, is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. So which means that a babe has not grown yet to acquire skills, right? To or does not know how to use righteousness. Amen. And then in, in chapter 6, he now began to talk. He said, therefore, leaving the principles or the elementary, right, of the doctrine of Christ. So there is the doctrine of Christ and there's what we call the principles of the doctrine of Christ. So if Paul is saying there's a, there's a doctrine called the doctrine of Christ, and when you hear the word doctrine, it means teachings, Right? So doctrine means teachings. And if it is teachings, then it is knowledge. Right? Because what you teach people is things they should know. Right? So what a teacher does is to teach the students things they should know. Now, if you go to school now and then we have a, a course, let's say, Math 101. What the teacher, the teacher's concern is that everyone in there should get a skill concerning Math 101. And that skill will come as a result of the knowledge of Math 101. Right? Which means that we are all clueless what Math 101 is. So a teacher would have to teach us the knowledge of that math. Amen. So, the same is for the doctrine of Christ. Is a knowledge is something is and that knowledge is an inheritance for the soul. Amen. You notice that when it comes to our journey, when we are growing that spirit, soul, body, right? When we get born again, getting that first initial stage, when we get to know the Holy Ghost, they don't talk about inheritance, right? And, we, and when we read scripture, we see that there are places that talks about inheritance, things we should inherit, right? Things we should come to, right? Our heritage, what we should come into. But when we get born again, those are not the things we learn. What we learn is how to learn, the, how to work with the Holy Spirit, how to work with the Holy Spirit, how to yield to the Spirit, then know our rights, right? Know the believer's authority know the workings of the Holy Spirit, know the gifts of the Spirit. And all these things is to actually, is part of God's plan to grow us up. Amen. So God needs to finish his work in that area before he now starts teaching us knowledge, things we should know, which is, which is the inheritance of the soul. When it comes to knowledge, that's what the soul loves. That's what he, that's what he wants. That's what he wants to eat. That's what he wants to drink. He does not like anything else. If you give it phone, it will tell you, I've learned this phone. Bye-bye. That's it. There's nothing there. If you give the soul a uh, car, it will take the car. Yeah. I know how to drive it. Finish. What's, what's there? Then after you drive the car for like maybe one year, two years, like, I need a new car. Then give it another. That's, and, that's, and, the, and the word has, yes. the word of commerce yes. has un, understand the soul well. You know, commerce is, you know, buy car, house, you know, clothes. You know, notice that every time they'll be telling you, new fashion, New things is to is to is, is to lie to the soul that there's something new, right? Because what the soul eats every day is new things. If it's not new, the soul doesn't have any interest. It's always looking for what is new. So you notice that the thing that gives joy is new, 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 new house, new house, new car, 
new phone, new biro, new pencil, new, 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 new. Anything, and the moment you just attach new to it, yeah. you see excitement in the soul. Yeah. yeah. Right. Even if it is, even if it has existed before, just you just add new to it. The soul will be interested in it again. And then check, oh wait, is that same one now? So anything new, 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 that's what the soul is interested in. So what you give to the soul are new things. Amen. Amen. So it's always new. That's why we can never... Take a round up because of time. We can never be satisfied and then we'll always be looking for new, new. new. And the only, the only person that has the capability of giving you something new is God. Hallelujah. Amen. Where you find new is in God. The, you, know, you know what they say about him? He says his messages are new every morning. Uh-huh. He's the only one that can create something that the soul has never seen before. Amen. Amen. If God reveals himself to the soul today and gives him something today, if God makes it new and gives it to the soul, the soul will say, yeah, this is awesome. I've never seen this before. I've never seen this before. This is awesome. It is only in God you can find that. If you look into the world, into the natural, you can never see that. The fashion they are proclaiming today, check the 80s, check the 60s, check the 70s. It's the same thing. But the, the, see the word of commerce, they know that, the, 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 they know the mystery of new. They know that the way men behave is that when they see something new, they jump at it. So they always paint it new for you. New. New, 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 new clothes, and then, and then you know, the when they're telling you the same clothes they said to you last year in spring, <laughs> it's the same clothes. Oh. When spring comes, they said, Welcome to spring, a new spring, enjoy the newness of spring, buy these clothes, and then they send you those flyers, yeah. right? And then, and, and then somehow, somehow, the soul will be excited about just that email, even though it's so innocent, and then. Even if you don't buy, eh? 1,000 people, has, they, they've clicked on that link, they've gone there, they purchase. If it's not working, they won't be sending you that email. Wow. The, reason, the reason why they keep sending that email is because it's working. So maybe because maybe me and you, we are not buying, or maybe we are buying, who knows? Maybe because you are not buying, eh? you think maybe oh, it, doesn't, doesn't work. it is working. Wow. Why? Because anything that just has the label new, has the ability to excite the soul, has the ability to, to, and to, is it, seduce the soul. And it's almost as if we are a place, we just jump, 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 it's new, and then we buy it. And then the next, and even when you spend the money, finish, just buy it. Before you get home, very tired of it. Yeah. If you get a, a new car today, just yes. you know, drive it drive it for a week. Yes, sir. And then you just know, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then you'll be maybe, maybe the what you bought is 20, 20, 2019. Then you'll be looking for twenty twenty. Yeah. And now you get twenty twenty. And then the people that are making cars knows that if they make one car and then forget about it, they will not make money. Yeah. That's why they are making twenty twenty, twenty twenty one. New versions every year. It will make money. Of course, I mean, they'll put new features there. 
what is driving everybody's money? It's not because they like us too much, they want to give us a car. If 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 all those car making companies eh, decides to maybe God just decide, you know what? See you people. I will give you money that lasts forever. Just stop making cars. All of them will stop. None of them will say, No, God, no, 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 no. I have so much passion for people and car. No, I don't want your money. I want to keep making cars for people. Nobody will say that. I mean, okay, let me ask you. Will you will you you, you, you have me? If they say, you know what, you have one million for life, one million dollars for life, uh, just you and I, if they, if they give you that offer, <laughs> will you continue making cars? <laughs> Why? Because what is running life? What is what everybody's running after? Is that? So I know I've been saying this thing a lot, but it's true. I don't know when I will stop. I'll keep saying it. Money is the root of all evil. See the war in Ukraine. You know how you know how the West is fighting Putin. Yeah. They are trying to cripple his economy because they know that if there's no money, he can't fight the war. Yeah. You see that money makes the world go round. So they they know how to stop the world. Just in short, if they take all the money in Putin's pocket, seize all the money that is flowing through Russia, he doesn't have any choice but to stop fighting the war. Even if he has a is this strong guy that we have? Okay, you know what? I'll continue this one. All the soldiers will just look at him. Sir. Number one, salary. Number two, see these cars that we need you to use to fight. There is no fuel. See, all our gun, no bullets. We need to buy more bullets. We can't fight. What can we do? We can't fight. You have no choice but to back up. Abby. So, in a way, money is a, is a very... Money is what push things. And this world, the, the love of money eh, is embedded in human soul in ways we don't understand. Wow. You know, we as Christians, we also understand that we should not be chased after money. But even at that, there's some, there's some thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, and that one is very, is very, very essential. Because <laughs> but Jesus called it unrighteous mammon. But we still, and, and thank God they say it's unrighteous. Is is an is is it, what what they are pre, pretty much pointing at is is an unrighteous design. If you want to beat if you want to beat the issue, eh, in this world, okay, it's very simple. See the way the apostles, with all of them, will sell their things, bring the money together, share it amongst everybody. Yeah. If the world can do that, that's that, that's the only way. <laughs> that's the only way we we'll put a stop to the evilness of evil, evil of money. So Satan himself is wise. So you know how he has put those things into the say that the way we interact with them, we can almost do without them. And as a result, we can be helpless around those things. But that's not. But God is saying to us that there's something much more than those things. There's something he can give to the soul that would that would give joy, that could give pleasure, peace, right? Have you ever wondered how homeless people? Ah, I'm stopping. How homeless people used to be happy? You know, some, some homeless people are actually happier than some rich men. They don't have a house. They are, they're just free. And even here is, here is the fact, although I mean, I'm not saying everybody should be homeless. I'm saying homelessness is a proof that you can do without money. Wow. When you see them on the street, they don't have money. They don't know where the food will come from, but they shall get to the day. 
and then you see them the next day. I have you noticed maybe there's a particular spot you see one person every single day they are there. They are not dead, they're surviving. It's to tell us that Satan Satan has lied to us. Right? You we can survive without it. Because the God can bring it. What most of those homeless people live by faith, more than many people. Wow. Why? Because they don't know what they will eat, but they shall trust yeah. that they will eat. It's faith. But when you look at us, where's faith? It's not there. And the moment there's, the moment there's maybe one dollar in the account, panic. And then we'll, we'll take, how many sheets can I do? Okay. And then we'll, we'll, we'll hammer. Let's go. Right? But... Our heart should not be after. That. I mean, I'm not. And I, I, I always say this. I'm not saying we should not go to work, with, but I'm saying that there is another way we can live, apart from the things around us that is natural, that is pulling our attention, asking for us to do something, do something, do something, do something. It's a knowledge at work, and it's Satan that put it there. You know, you need money to, to 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 survive. You know, if you don't have money, you don't have a house. You know, if you don't have a house, you're going to be cold. You know, if you are cold, you can die. Yeah. Right? You start painting all those pictures. And there are layers in the soul. Maybe we overcome, we don't need money. But we don't overcome, we don't have a house. Right? Different things. Satan puts it as layers there. As in, it's like, what's that thing? It's like guarantee. Just install it there. Let me put this card to the, ah, that one did not work. Okay, you have overcome this one. Put that card, put this card. It keeps pulling cards. Amen. What God wants us to live by, is by his life. Another knowledge. Another way of living. Amen. Which we can't attain except by the life of faith. Because he needed to teach us faith towards God, like we read in Hebrews 6, so that we can start learning the faith of the Son, which he, which he talks about in, in Romans 1, when he says, I've been crucified. No, that's Galatians 2. He's talking about, I am not afraid of the gospel of Christ. Or the doctrine of Christ according to Hebrews, right? Six. Well, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. No, just paraphrasing quickly. From faith to faith. So what they're talking about righteousness being revealed has to do with knowledge, right? Which is an is part of the inheritance for the soul. So when we're talking about growing in faith, there's something it's leading to. It's not just growing in faith abstractly. It's not just something you can learn and then you know start using it to 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 is it to fund lost. It's not for that. Faith is meant for growth to turn us towards God, and then we get, we now start learning the faith to faith kind of life, because later now said as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Right. So the just living by faith. Is what Galatians 2.20 is now referring to says, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ will live. The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So, that life of faith ought to grow, right? The life of faith, Mark 11.23, ought to grow into another life of faith, which the just shall live by. Amen. Because that life of faith is what begins to justify a soul. How is it justifying the soul? It's beginning to teach the soul righteousness. Because unrighteousness makes us unjust. And then each time we are learning what is right, what is right. Because when we learn righteousness, we learn what is actually right in the sight of God. 
Not what is right according to traditions. Not what is right according to philosophy. Not what is right according to what we think is right. But according to God's standard of right, rightness. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Are we blessed tonight? Yes, sir. Amen. I think this is where I put a post to it because of time. Let us begin to thank God. Father, we thank you for tonight. We give you all the praise. We thank you for your mercy and your kindness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your mercy tonight, for showing us these issues in the soul. Thank you for teaching us Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for what you are showing us tonight and how you are leading us in your word. We say we are exalted in Jesus' name. Father, we pray, O oh Lord, that you begin to increase us inwardly in faith towards you and also being justified by faith in you in the name of Jesus. Father, in any way we've learned lives, we have come into knowledges that is an enemy to your life. We ask, Father, that you continue to shine your light in our soul to begin to unlearn lives that we've learned that is wrestling against you in us in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray, O Lord, that you continue to guide us and show us your mercy concerning your word, even things to know for growth, that as we are envisioning and as we are having an ambition to grow in you, we ask, Lord, that you would show us mercy to open our eyes, to give us understanding, that we begin to learn light, we begin to learn knowledges that is pertaining your will, that is pertaining your life, that we ought to learn for to inherit you in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers tonight. For in Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. You dwells between the cherubim, shine for me. You dwells between the cherubim, shine for me.